Hello and welcome to this special Dry Bones Ministries podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today we reflect on the seventh letter, where Wormwood has asked Screwtape if he should reveal himself to the patient. And Screwtape responds by telling him that the current policy is to keep humans ignorant to their existence. And then Screwtape also follows up on a previous discussion of whether Wormwood should try to influence the man to become a fervent patriot or an extreme pacifist during the war. Screwtape ultimately advises that in the end, it really doesn't matter as long as he misdirects the patient's thoughts away from God and others. So there's a a lot here to this letter. Um, Again, the context is World War II with this uh, huge worldwide war breaking out and uh, a lot going on in the minds and hearts of every single human person. And so it's interesting that we kind of start off this topic by kind of a, an insight into uh, the conversation between demons as to whether or not they should reveal themselves. Have you ever thought about that? Why, why don't demons reveal themselves? Or why do they reveal themselves? There are plenty of people who have um, up and down the centuries and even in our current time said, that was demonic. I saw it. So what's the deal? What's what's in, in their minds? Well, as C.S. Lewis kind of breaks this open uh, psychologically, spiritually, strategically, on the one hand, we could say when humans disbelieve in the demonic, the demons lose their opportunity to directly attack, right? This would be a time of not believing in magic or witches and wizards, So if humans don't believe, then they're less likely to dabble and open themselves up to this supernatural evil. On the other hand, when humans do believe, demons cannot as easily bring them to these different positions of materialists or skeptics, right? Again, so to be a materialist is to not believe in anything spiritual or supernatural. To be a skeptic is to doubt what is true and real and good and beautiful and so to, to believe in demons is so close to having to believe in God and his supernatural power that demons, for different strategic reasons, would say, not now, <laughs> not now, right? We'll, we'll hide and allow them to, to stay in this worldly materialist position. So it's all about strategy. Notice, Screwtape says our policy for the moment is to conceal ourselves. So he says this during World War II. And maybe you can see why. Um, In a time when there's great horror, great terror, uh, great threat of of evil, they don't need to make themselves so present because the evil is already so manifest um, in some of the figures during the 30s and 40s and, and everything else. But maybe to consider, right, what do you think the policy is now? Right? Here we are, uh, 2022 at the time of this podcast. Is the strategy for the moment still to conceal themselves? I, I don't know about you. There's a lot of reasons to believe that the evil one is out right in front of us, dancing away with all the debauchery, all the movies, all the music and, and everything else. I mean, it's, it's as if he's right there. And even that we've opened up our doors and let him into our houses, just the way that we think, the way that we talk, the way that we act and It's like, but I can't see him. I can't see him. It's like, well, for those who have eyes to see, we can see. And this should um, 
not be something to feel terrified about, but to gosh, recommit to what's true, what's true. And how do I need to fortify myself against these clear attacks? I love this. So still in the first paragraph, there's this uh, insight that Screwtape talks about. He says, I have great hopes that we shall learn in due time how to emotionalize and mythologize their science to such an extent that what is in effect a belief in us, though not under that name, will creep in while the human mind remains closed to belief in the enemy. So I was blown away when I read this, right? So C.S. Lewis wrote this book in the 40s, and he's already seeing how our relationship in view of science is becoming separated from God and therefore is liable to become an idol in something that we worship. So how true is this now, right? Some 60 years later, um, literally people will say that they believe in science or only believe in the science, right? Believe? Belief is this submission of the will and the intellect, right? So to say that you believe in something means that you submit yourself wholly to that. And so to believe in science means that you're giving your entire self to that in a way that you can't now totally submit yourself to God. And this is, of course, ironic when there are plenty of good scientists who are arriving at different conclusions (laughs) that... um, yeah, it's maybe not this wholly clear, oh, th- this is it, this is what's true. But there are nuances and wrinkles and there are human errors. And then there are conditions, um, just natural conditions that allow for errors. So anyway, how do we then wrap our minds around different scientists who are using their position to manipulate the data and the findings? They almost p- place themselves as God to say, what does science say? That, gosh, how many people are just falling mindlessly because the science says so? And I guess it's funny that people call Christians superstitious. Um, another point, if we move then to the, the second paragraph, here Screwtape gets into extremism. He says, I had not forgotten my promise to consider whether we should make the patient an extreme patriot or an extreme pacifist. All extremes, except extreme devotion to the enemy, are to be encouraged. So here we're talking about extremism, right? I was thinking about this. Have you ever heard of the expression, all things in moderation? A lot of wisdom in that, right? We can see how, on the one hand, that's really true. But maybe we can see how, on the other hand, it's dangerous. It's true um, if it has to do with our relationship with the world. When, where we need to have detachment and maybe some indifference to different things and different relationships. But it's wrong. All things in moderation is wrong if we're referring to our relationship with God. To be all in for God with great loving devotion and passion and rigor are all good things and necessary for salvation. What becomes dangerous is when we take the call to be totally 100% committed to God and apply it elsewhere. Can you think of some examples, right? Sports, politics, food, children, entertainment, and just the list goes on and on. Um, It can even be deceiving as it can have a religious undertone, but ultimately not be about God. 
right? So hopefully you kind of pick this up in, in the reading and can think about this in our own day and age about how a small church that becomes kind of a secret society or a clique he talks about. When this happens, it moves the faithful away from the true worship of God and onto other worldly or social focuses. And here's where, you know, Screwtape admits with regard to the war that whether he's a pacifist, this is Wormwood's patient, whether he's a pacifist or a patriot, the important thing is not which one he is, but what his relationship is to it. So in other words, if his relationship with being a pacifist or a patriot is to be faithful to God, then attack, right? Demons need to attack that. But if his relationship with being a pacifist or a patriot is dressed in religious language, but ultimately not about God and just about himself, then celebrate, right? Because you have him right where you want him. Um, ho- hopefully that makes sense, right? Again, we're talking not just some, some of these things that even if they're they're evil, morally, as they affect us, depend on our relationship to it and how we respond. We've been talking about that in some of the previous letters already. And so I guess this is where it'd be helpful just to move to that final paragraph, the fourth and final paragraph, where Screwtape talks about the emphasis on ends and means. Ends and means. I'll read the the passage, and then we can talk about why this is really, really important. Quote, The attitude which you want to guard against is that in which temporal affairs are treated primarily as material for obedience. Once you have made the world an end and faith a means, you have almost won your man, and it takes very little difference what kind of worldly end he is pursuing. End quote. So first, do we understand the language of ends and means? For something to be an end, that refers to the final point or ultimate motivation of an action. And to talk about the means of something, it's the way by which I accomplish that end. So uh, if I want to take someone out to eat because I want to spend time with them, then the means is the, the food or the, the dinner, and the end is the friendship or that quality time. However, if I actually just want to eat the food and don't want to be alone, then the friendship is the means and the end is the food, right? So can you see how the very same activity can have very different moral qualities? One is loving and the other is objectifying or, um, yeah, utilitarian. So how about whenever we apply that to um, this quote, right? Once, Once you have the world an end and faith a means, you've almost won your man, right? Because faith is being used to justify these different worldly endeavors and different accomplishments. And so you can have religious language and undertones to what in the end are ends that are not God. God is meant to be our ultimate final end. So can you think of some contemporary examples in our church Gosh, here are just a couple, and I say this, right, not because any one of these things are bad in themselves, but this is what happens whenever they become an end as opposed to God. So I was thinking about social work, social justice, taking care of the, the poor, really good things, really good, 
But what happens whenever <laughs> we use our faith and our religion only to be able to try and bring about social justice? Then we're missing it. We have our ends and our means mixed up. How about community, right? Community is such a good thing, especially in a faith or in a, um, in a church or in a neighborhood. But if God is being used as just a means, religion, faith, just like, I don't know, yeah, we'll, we'll come together for this prayer service so that we can go downstairs and have donuts or have pizza or a fish fry or whatever, and it's just about like coming together, then maybe we have it mixed up. Singing about liturgy, right? Gosh, this act of worship, the way that we give praise and adoration to God has become so divisive today in terms of how we're supposed to do this or how we're supposed to do that. And I just wonder if we've forgotten that it's about giving worship to God. Think about priests. Sometimes priests can, um, instead of getting, be an avenue towards encountering God, can get in the way. And it can be, no, 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 this is my priest or this is my priest. And I only go to, to mass with him. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus, right? Uh, about church buildings as well. This really important quality of the way that we come to encounter God in a holy, sacred place. And yet they've become the ends for many, many faithful as opposed to means of encountering God. Last one is just how about pro-life or other really important causes. Is this to say we shouldn't fight for pro-life, like life from conception until natural death? Of course not. It's very easy to be very religious about these things and yet put them as more important than prayer and sacraments and charity. So in that case, we're making God the means in these movements, causes, or things, an end. So uh, hopefully that was enlightening. I found that... Uh, this chapter to be really helpful just in bringing some clear distinctions and yeah, just insights into the mind of the evil one, right? That isn't meant to keep us there, but friends meant to remind us of how am I supposed to be defending myself and how am I supposed to be, again, ah, maybe this is helpful, not just to think about this spiritual battle as how do I defend? How do I defend? How do I defend? We're supposed to be on the attack as well brothers and sisters, right? With the righteousness of God, with the sword of truth and the breastplate of righteousness that we're supposed to, the helmet of faith, helmet of faith, (laughs) sword of truth, breastplate of righteousness, be on the attack in the ways that we put God first and allow all of these causes and efforts all for his greater honor and glory so that his kingdom might be brought up and we can actually allow the Lord to bring about his kingdom in every single human soul. So that's the confidence we need to have as we talk about this, acknowledging the different ways that the evil one is on the attack and he's not in red tights, as <laughs> screw tape would like us to think, um, but he's out there and he is. And yet with full confidence in the victory of Jesus Christ, we need to go into battle so that we can bring about his love and his glory. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us for the special podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. If you'd like to support the work of Dry Bones Ministries, please visit drybonespgh.org. God bless you all. I look forward to being with you tomorrow.